Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Mason. And I'm Annie, and this is the Limelight Falcon Film Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about animated films. We love a good animated film moment. We do. Well, I'm going to be talking about one specific movie because my favorite movie is an animated movie. Which is what? Whisper of the Heart. Do you know? Yes! Okay, good. I'm glad because a lot of people don't know it. It's like a deeper cut in the, the Ghibli collection. You know, I love Spirited Away. I love Howl's Moving Castle. But I feel like that's like very basic level. Yeah. So Whisper of the Heart is a 1995 film directed by Yoshimi Kondo. It's about a young girl named Shizuku who wants to be a writer and a boy named Seiji who wants to be a violin maker. They kind of develop a fondness for each other. Seiji ends up moving to Cremona, Italy to study violin making and Shizuku, who sees Seiji kind of, you know, follow his dreams, wants to pursue hers as well. So she decides to write a novel. I really like this movie because as a creative person, it really shows the trials and tribulations of creative aspirations. That rhymed. I'm Dr. Seuss, y'all. <laughs> Both Shizuku and Seiji have this idea that they're not good enough and they're not talented enough. And a lot of those moments of doubt really resonated with me as a young kid who was trying to go into creative field. And it really was super impactful. It also really explores the ideas of young love in a way that's really real and heartfelt. I also just tend to go for the kind of slice of life movies. And this is a really great example of that kind of film. This film and also another Ghibli film called Only Yesterday are really good um, examples of just life. Because a lot of Ghibli films are very high fantasy. While I love those movies, I really think that the going through the motions of everyday life, I, th I find those movies very fascinating. The film's art direction is absolutely gorgeous. Every single shot is beautiful. And then the music to go along with that is my favorite movie soundtrack in the entire world. When I was in Japan a few years ago, I was on the train listening to the song. It was like playing when Shizuku was on the train. And it was this like full circle moment for me. I actually used to watch this film, no joke, every single day after school in seventh grade. I'd memorize it from front to back and now I watch it like every few months. It's just such a feel good, heartfelt, inspiring movie just about being young and following your dreams and it's just so sweet and such a good movie. Annie's like sitting here about to cry. No, I just, I always really appreciate when animated films are done really professionally because there's so many people out there who don't take animated films seriously or say that they're just for children or things like that. And I mean, the Oscars didn't even create a best animated film category, I think, until the early 2000s, which is ridiculous because there's, I've seen so many animated films that are some of the most professional pieces of cinema I've ever seen. And I've seen plenty of animation, animated films that carry more meaning than some live action films that I've seen. So it's just, it makes me sad because I feel like animated films, animation in general is an often overlooked genre and an underrated genre. And I feel like the world could, like the world just has a lot to learn from the world of animation. It makes me sad that people think that that's a genre that you outgrow as you get older. When in reality, I think that it's something that you understand further as you get older. Because I'll go back and watch movies from my childhood and there will be references or like jokes or you know, hidden things that I didn't catch when I was younger because they're, those little pieces aren't necessarily meant for a younger audience, but that just goes to show you like the breadth of the audience that animated films can reach. And I think that as filmmakers and as people who like to create pieces of art, I think it's important to reach as many people as you can with your art. And I think that animated films do that really, really well. So I just appreciate that about animated films that are made really well. 
yeah, like you said, I mean, animated films don't have to be for children. They don't have to be dumbed-down plots and stupid stories about nothing. I watch an animated film that's meant for children, and I'll get emotional, too, because that story is going to hit hard no matter what, so... For anyone listening, watch Finding Nemo if you're an adult and its entire meaning will be completely different than what you thought it was when you were seven or eight or however old you were when you first watched it. You took the words right out of my mouth, Annie. I was just going to go off about the perspective switch in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was the first animated movie and the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Really? Yeah, it was the very first movie. It was 2003. I was two years old. And I remember that that movie has had such an emotional impact on me ever since. I remember as a kid watching that movie, kind of relating to Nemo and wanting to be able to go out and stretch my own feet and do things and, you know, just get out of my parents' grasp, you know, just like every kid wants. And then I remember having conversations with my dad who has watched that movie since the time it came out. You know, he had a a two-year-old and a four-year-old when that movie came out, when he watched it in theaters with his kids. And so he has had that perspective of Marlon the entire time that that movie has been out. And seeing, like, as I grow up, my perspective kind of begins to shift. and And I want to be more protective of the people in my life. And I want to be more there and and kind of want to take my hands and, and squeeze my, my siblings and the people that, that I love and just hold them close and kind of have gained that perspective from Marlon as I've gotten older. And so it's, it's interesting how it, how it shifts, exactly like Annie said. Yeah, I think that no matter what your age, I think there's something you can learn from every character. With Marlon, you can't hold on to things super, super, super tightly or else they'll just want to pull away from you that much more. And then with Nemo, you know, it's important to take that step and leave the nest or leave the, uh, the sea anemone in the ocean. And then, and then, 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 sorry. But also like, don't leave before you're ready. And then with Dory, like, I mean, just keep swimming. Like no matter what life throws at you, if you get knocked down or, or things like that, it's just important to keep at it and do your best and try to stand back up. That movie in particular has a lot of messages for lots of different people, which I think is great. Dang, now I want to watch Finding Nemo again. It's been a while. That Pixar movie I always go back to is Ratatouille. I watched this video. It was this YouTube video, Why Ratatouille is Pixar's magnum opus. Who I think it was Shea Frillis who made that YouTube video. And this essay about Ratatouille, they gave me a lot of new points to go off of and new perspectives about the movie that I thought were really, really fascinating and things I kind of missed and didn't really realize. Um, And so while I cannot name any on the top of my head, please go watch the video because it's super interesting if you like a really long essay where this man talks about how much he loves Ratatouille. Oh no, Ratatouille is so amazing. And also like the way that the film must have been advertised. Like if you think about the way that animated films start, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, who has, who wakes up one morning and goes, oh, I've got an idea. Let's let's make a movie about, about a rat voiced by Patton Oswalt who loves to cook. I think that the production teams and directors and writers of animated films need a little shout out every now and then because I think the market for animated films is very hit or miss. And most of the time, I feel like production companies are looking for something that's very specific because unfortunately, you know, a lot of the pre-production, you know, talk in the film industry is about whether or not the film is going to make money. So there's also a lot of under the radar 
animated films that are arguably better than handfuls of the films that are in the Pixar collection, but because they weren't seen as money makers and they don't get made, which is super unfortunate, but I'm very glad that the production team behind Ratatouille kind of stuck to their guns and fought for this film to be made because it's fantastic. And a Ratatouille Disney ride is opening this fall. And I think all of us should go to Disneyland. Okay, field trip. I'm so down. Let's have Disney Plus actually sponsor us and we can go on a field trip and talk about the Ratatouille ride. Please. I'm so here for it. As someone who really, really loves almost all of the Pixar movies, Ratatouille is kind of in the middle of the road, honestly, for me. I think it's a great film. I think that um, structure-wise, it's fantastic. The characters are great. The music is gorgeous. The the art design is just stunning. It's a beautiful movie. The message is about following your dreams no matter what they look like. And that's incredible. But I think I watched that at such an interesting time in my life that it kind of fell on deaf ears and I've never been able to recover that love for that film. And that maybe I should just watch Ratatouille again. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I just need to, because as someone now who is a musician and just in love with the arts in general, and like a big old dreamer, I should probably watch it again, and it'll probably be one of my favorites now. So Ratatouille came in a time in my life where I wasn't exactly ready for it, but kind of the antithesis of that, Inside Out, hit me right when a bunch of different members of my family were all really struggling with their own mental health issues. And that movie came and was like a talking point between every member of my family, and we were able to kind of for the first time in years, like relate to each other's headspace and be able to say like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I feel like fear is driving my brain today and here's why. And we could talk about all kinds of different things and areas in, our mo- in that movie, like the, the little things that that movie does to visualize the human mind and the human emotions blew me away at the time and still blew, blows me away to this day. I think I watched that movie a couple months ago with my dad and I'm just sitting there next to my dad and we're both bawling our eyes out at, at inside out. And I, I will never forget that. I will never forget what that movie has done for my family and what it has meant to each and every one of us. And I think that it, it relates to a lot of people. I'm sure, you know, my family's not the only family who has had a positive experience from that movie and been able to have, just use it as a conversation starter just simply because of the way that it visualizes the human emotions. It humanizes emotions and it gives them relatable faces. It gives them a voice. It allows you to speak about how you're feeling instead of just closing everything in. And I think that its ability to allow people to open up is so valuable. Going back to your point, Mason, about how films can either trigger like emotional responses or allow conversations to start like outside the world of the film with people who see it or both Um, yeah or both yeah it's true I'm just thinking of so many other movies that do that I think the one that comes to mind right now is up I don't know if oh yeah yeah and I mean we can talk about the score which is gorgeous Michael Giacchino oh my gosh so Michael Giacchino it's on my like instrumental study playlist but I think that movie specifically I mean it's themes you know you've got adventure you've got love you've got 
companionship and camaraderie and teamwork and all of these great themes and these positive messages that would probably resonate with any viewer. And I think that Up does that well because Carl, the old man who is literally like the cutest old man ever, he's so precious. But you've got him and then you've got Russell, the like the Boy Scout. I don't know if that's what they what he's actually called in the movie, but their age difference and their ability to like come together and, you know, beat the bad guy, you know, when they get to Paradise Falls, I think is just such a beautiful thing to witness. And it's also really beautiful to watch Carl kind of get that adventurous feeling back and the I guess just the desire to explore and to kind of venture out into the unknown when he's kind of been a creature of habit for the last few years since his wife died. (laughs) I think Up probably resonates more with older audience members because of its emphasis on starting new adventures regardless of your age or your place in life or what might have happened in the past. You know, it's never too late for a new adventure. And I think that Carl and Up as a whole just really kind of packs that punch when you watch it. It's one of those movies where you watch it and then you want to like get up off your couch and book a trip or go on a hike or (laughs) do something super spontaneous and fun. And I think when movies inspire you and they inspire an emotional reaction, I think that they've done their job because I think that that's what a lot of movies strive to do. Up also touches on like the feelings of, of, moving past grief and how um carl being able to complete that dream that he had dreamed about doing with his wife since they were kids kind of created the ultimate catharsis for him and finally helped him cope with his wife's passing that and his relationship with russell were the two things that allowed him to move past his grief and kind of step back into the world again and that was what truly helped him and i think movies can kind of actually be that for people and that's something that i'm realizing is films can be the thing that people need to get through things and that's what's so powerful about this medium i mean books can do it too um games can do it almost anything can do it but i think movies have a very special power to do that because they involve the visual and the audio they can find that spot in someone's heart and they can melt it unlike anything else on this planet And I think that that's incredibly powerful. And I think Up is a great example of that movie because I think someone who's going through grief, who has experienced loss, can kind of grab a hold of that movie or any movie for that matter and and fall in love with the characters and project themselves onto them and then feel the same catharsis that those characters do. I really like Up a lot. However, I do think because the beginning sequence is so powerful that the rest of the movie is, like, really good, but in comparison, you expect it to, like, get better, and then it just, like, doesn't. Honestly, nothing can follow that sequence. Nothing can. No. That is one of the most amazing openings I've ever seen in a movie, ever, and so it's, like, you can't really follow that, you know? That being said, still a great movie, and, and y'all are right, the messages in that movie are really powerful. Like Annie said, like, after you watch that movie, you want to get up off the couch, you want to go on an adventure, and I think... For me, like, Whisper of the Heart made me want to pursue creative passions more than ever before. You know, watching the two characters triumph and fail and and work really hard 
to achieve their dreams made me want to achieve my dreams. You know, I watched that movie when at a really interesting point in my life when I, I was a ballet dancer for years and I had quit ballet for a little bit. It genuinely pushed me to try harder, pushed me to keep going when times were really tough. There's lots of hardships um, in creative fields and I think that, like, and emotional hardships too, I think the movie really goes deep into different emotional hardships that, you know, creative people specifically get and, you know, it really talks a lot at length about, you know, pushing through those times and how you can get past them and that movie was really helpful for me to be able to do that and I think in the same way that like up or even Ratatouille you know pursuing your dreams and following your passions regardless of who you are whether or not in real life we want to let a rat in the kitchen I will not be the judge of that but I think it's a really cool message <laughs> to have for people the answer is no 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 rats in the kitchen no rats in the no rats in Mason's kitchen no rats in my kitchen I'm sorry the second a rat can get up and start talking to me is the second the rat can be in my kitchen if the rat wants to cook a meal for me hey by all means wash your hands do a little deep cleanse like like they did like get into the dishwasher oh my gosh that's my favorite scene I just want to say that the the fur animation in that scene when they come out and it's like they're all fluffy oh my gosh so cute I want to pet them I really Is like it bad that. that that scene reminds me of the dishwasher scene in Alvin and the Chipmunks, though? There's a scene where they're all, all of the chipmunks are in the dishwasher and they're singing at the top of their lungs. And it's, it's one of like the first scenes where they meet Dave. Dave is already fed up with these chipmunks. And they are in the dishwasher singing at the top of their lungs. And he opens it up and they all scream because they treat it like it's their shower. I've never seen that movie, but the way you described that, that sounds like something that would be in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Well, if you need motivation to watch it, Jesse McCartney is the voice for one of the Chipmunks. Stop. Game yeah. changer. Literally, it's game over once you find that out because you have no other choice but to watch it. Oh, Jesse McCartney. I haven't heard that name in years. We have reached that time of the show again. It is time for our weekly What to Watch. Annie, tell the people what they should watch this week. Oh boy. Well, in the world of animated films, there are so many wonderful choices, but I'm going to go with a personal favorite of mine, which is called Loving Vincent. And this is a very, very special kind of film. It's essentially kind of a biopic about Vincent van Gogh, but the film is one of the most stunning movies I have ever seen because the entire film is animated with oil paintings that were drawn by hand. And the story of the film is kind of based on a few of Vincent van Gogh's most famous works. And it just, it talks more about him as a person rather than, you know, labeling him as the quote unquote kind of troubled artist that cut his own ear off and, you know, painted these really sad portraits and things. So yes, that is my animated film recommendation. It is called Loving Vincent, and it is beautiful. Y'all should go check it out. Y'all should watch Despicable Me. It's funny. I like Steve Carell. I think he's one of the funniest actors in Hollywood right now. And fart jokes are great, and we all need to laugh. So please go watch Despicable Me. I think you'll find it's just as stupid as the last time you watched it. But... um. If one scene in that movie does not make you laugh, then there's something wrong. Enjoy, watch Despicable Me. I have four words for you. Wait, no, five. Please watch Prince of Egypt. Five words. There's really not a bunch to say, honestly. Story of Exodus, great story, except it's animated. It's fantastic. 
please watch this movie. The animation is gorgeous. The voice acting is great. Can we just talk about its soundtrack, too, for a moment? Like So fantastic. I cannot oh. tell you how many times when I was a kid, I would just sing, River, oh, river, like that song from the beginning. And then, like, the dance when they're all dancing to Through Heaven's Eyes is just... I, it's just something to behold. So yeah, I, I second you on that big time. That's a that's a quality film. I just picked the dumb film because my brain blanked and I wanted to, it's kind of a joke pick, not gonna lie. No, but, I think it's a great pick. You know, I don't always have to recommend an artsy film. Hey, exactly. It's funny. Exactly. Film can be anything. You know, I love, I love a high art film. I also love stupid films that are dumb, but I love them, even though they're dumb. Movies are meant to fill, like, all kinds of different moods. Exactly. So sometimes really... you're into, like, a super fun, like, dance, music, sad, weird, dramatic movie based on the Book of Exodus. And sometimes you are just, like, totally in the mood for a movie like Despicable Me that features, like, all kinds of famous people, but, like, have weirdly never worked together and it works because it's so weird and stupid and kind of shallow but at the same time like despicable me has fantastic messages if you really think about it and okay can i just say that i think that vector is one of the most iconic characters in all of the world of cinema because squid launcher oh yeah it's just a great time so sometimes you're in the mood for that and sometimes you're in the mood for something else like it just depends I can't believe that Annie just defended my pick, and this is the proudest moment of my life. The Despicable Me, and then Annie just spent the last three minutes explaining to you why I said you all should watch Despicable Me. It's kind of the best thing ever. Let's go. Well, that about wraps up our time for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far, thank you, bless you, we love you. I'm Keegan Daly. I'm Mason Brooks. And I'm Annie Simons, and this has been the Limelight Falcon Film Podcast. Please catch us next week. We will catch y'all on the flip side. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.